Hey guys! So today's episode is a little bit different, um, and so I'm excited, and I hope you guys are equally excited because today's episode is a Q&A, a Q&L-B, if you will, except I am not here alone. I am doing this Q&A with my dear friend Morgan Molitor. If you listened to last week's episode and the episode the week before that, then you know we had an amazing two-part conversation with Morgan talking all about creating content for brand sponsorships and collaborations and just really how that can impact and create a whole unique type of business model. Welcome to The Design Influence, a show dedicated to changing the conversation and creating impact on and offline. The Design Influence is all about you, the online designpreneur helping you be a better designer and entrepreneur in this new digital landscape. I'm your hostess with the mostest, online interior designer, content creator, and nonstop idea machine, Albie of Albie Knows Online Interior Design. If you're ready for some candid and caffeinated conversations about everything from decoding interior design tools to growing pains as an entrepreneur to figuring out what the heck it means to be an influencer, then turn up your earbuds and let's dive in. Question number one, what do I need to start doing to become an authority in my industry? Okay, what does authority mean? (laughs) I probably should have dug through these questions a little bit. That like that just stumped me. (laughs) So I (laughs) I imagine Well, because I'm like, I could say a lot of different things about authority, and you know what I mean? I imagine that they are coming from a place of really just kind of being seen as someone who can be an influencer or can be trusted. Like if I am looking for advice on, okay, like I'll use myself as an example. I post, I recently, I want to say within the past summer, really got heavy into leaning into the fact that I'm a renter. So I do renter-friendly design for myself, and it's ended up getting me a lot of people asking me renter-friendly questions. So mm-hmm. it's not saying I'm necessarily an authority, but more and more people have oh. kind of been like, oh, Albie will know what won't cost me my security deposit. Let me ask her. <laughs> so I'm assuming they mean um, that kind yeah. of sense. Um, at least that's how I'm interpreting the question. <laughs> okay. So to me, so one when I first heard that, it reminds me of someone saying, what can I do? Be an expert in. And I like hate the word expert because to me, if you ever think you're an expert, I feel like you're, you're saying you're done learning. Yeah. And I feel like everything in life continuously evolves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You should never be done learning. I just really don't like when anyone calls himself an expert because I'm like, how are you an expert? (laughs) What does that even mean? (laughs) That word gives me such anxiety for that very reason. There's always something to learn about something. For sure. Yeah. So like giving you authority and making you know something about something, I honestly think it just comes down to confidence because I'm like, someone can walk in a room and talk about something and if you're confident about what you're talking about and you're educated in it, I think you're going to have authority and know what you're talking about, you know? Mm -hmm. So for a long time, even for tutorials we did, I wrote, so after Jamie started doing the contracting stuff and he wasn't, you know, sitting there doing it while I was sitting there documenting it, 
he was off doing client work. I was off working my full-time job. And I was trying to like put together all these pieces of a tutorial Mm-hmm. and he didn't have time to review it, nothing, and I just post it. And now I've even went back to those blogs posts, and I just cringe because I'm like, like, no wonder why once he came back and once I was full-time and we were both writing these posts together that our views started getting way more traffic or <laughs> our site started getting more traffic because I'm like, we were both educated in what we were talking about. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, if authority means like how do I gain respect or be like the leader of the industry or be an expert, if you will, then I'd say like just be educated and confident. And I think you'll be that. Like you'll be a leader as long as you're those two things. But I don't think if you're ever insecure, if you're ever insecure or you're just like saying something that you, really don't fully know about you'll you're never gonna feel like you have that authoritative position I guess I love it and it, I kind of like it that you're like as a mom I'm sure you can relate um I, I'm winging it on most days but my daughter doesn't need to know that mm-hmm. I'm the quote-unquote authority mm-hmm. to her because yes. <laughs> you know her um, she will see myself and her dad as we're the grownups. We know what we're talking about because we we act like we know what we're talking about. So it's kind of one hundred percent same thing. Um, even though we're just winging it as new parents, she doesn't need to know that. Um, not to say wing. Oh it, my god! But it's that sure. same kind of that. Like I liken it to that kind. Of, <laughs> don't just wing your. I actually just said that to someone. I said that to someone the other day. I was like, ever since I've become a mom, I've had tolerance for like don't care yeah. like I gotta keep going like I'm just winging it I pull everything <laughs> like today our photographer showed up for a shoot at 10 right before this phone call <laughs> I like pulled into the garage I'm like running just pulling this out of my butt last minute and she just started laughing I'm like but winging it I feel like, <laughs> I like get more stuff done sometimes <laughs> absolutely absolutely Sometimes I have to walk into client meetings. I don't even know what project we're doing, but I walk in, I'm confident because I'm like, I've had no time to research this. And I'm just like, what's up? Okay, do this, this, that. Boom, gone. And they're like, okay, we will do that. Versus before I'd be like, well, I don't know. Have you thought about this or that? Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. it's like, no, just tell me what they need to do because no one's got time. I mean, even with this call, I completely freaked. My daughter got to school late and I'm like, I didn't finish writing my outline. And yet, meanwhile, we've been talking for like two hours. You don't even know who you're talking to. (laughs) I've been like, I didn't even have an outline. (laughs) But it's it's worked because I was confident in our conversation and you know what you're talking about. So, yes, I agree. You're an authority if you are just confident and educated. I mean, like, I knew something about you. So that helped. Right. For sure. All right. So question number two, I have a low social media following and not much website engagement. So how do I show a company my value? Okay. You have low social media following and not a lot of engagement. You show a company your value by creating really good content because they're paying companies millions of dollars to create content for them that has zero following, that doesn't have to post anything, 
And that's what they're paying you to do. So if you can produce a really well room and be able to pitch them your value, and you should also know that, and your value doesn't have to be following. Your value can be how to pair furniture together or pillows or the wall art and how to just make sure you know how this brand can look really good and highlight that. That's that's your value. And don't focus on any of your numbers. So just make sure that you present them with that. Don't even bring up your numbers because honestly, they might not care. They just want to see. Yeah, I mean, unless they ask for it, because not for nothing, they're probably going to check anyway. I have seen brands show up in like my story views or whatever the case is. And I know it's because they're just, they're just checking for themselves, but they don't necessarily ask. So I love that. Yes. Okay, let's see. Question number three. Do I need to have a one sheet or a press kit or a media kit to start working with brands? Mm, That's good. And that's one that I've heard a lot about. People are like, they don't know if they should have one page or five page. So our media (laughs) kit, which you can download on our website, uh, we have five pages. So the first one just starts out with like who we are, what we are as a company, Second one is about our family because we integrate our family into our brand. Uh, third one is the different brands we've worked with because you want to give like credibility, that sort of thing. Then we also have um, our stats. And then the last one, we show different brands that we worked with, what they ask for, and the results that we gave them. But if you don't have any of those things, I think a one-pager is just fine to show who you are, the, the value that you're giving. So your value is either, it could be numbers, it could be photographs, you know, whatever is the most compelling to who you're pitching. And we also uh, alter it a lot for different brands that we're doing because mm-hmm. every brand's different. So some brands, and you can easily just tell by looking at their website or their Instagram, but they might be more image focused. They might be more, the text focused. Um, a lot of brands that we work with, they always have a hashtag. So anytime uh, we sign them or I'm pitching to them, I go look at their hashtag to see what other bloggers they've hired. I kind of look at how they do their imagery, their stats. And then it kind of gives me my mentality like, okay, they either know to pay, they might not know to pay. Um just by looking at other bloggers. I love that because there, there's definitely a level of research that's probably like right available on the surface. So even like you mentioned with the hashtag. So yeah, I think that is amazing. Okay, question number four. If I am in a small city, do you recommend working with local brands or national brands for partnerships? And I'm just going to tweak this. I imagine when they say working with, that could include pitching or whatever the case is. Um, so small city, with what's their best option? Local brands or national brands? Um, well, so working with national or local brands, if you live in a small city, I would say it depends. For me right away, if you're in a small town, local probably doesn't pay money. They probably give free stuff away, (laughs) which is fine if you want to support your local town. Um, 
for us, any national brand we've worked with, they have a budget. They know exactly how to work with influencers. They, it's just been easy for us because mm. they know the value. A lot of times, if it's smaller people or if they haven't worked with a blogger, you have to spend so much time proving the value to them before you even get to the amount of money. Mm. And for me, like time is money. So mm. I have no patience for explaining to people why we're valuable if they don't get it from the first few things that I've pitched to them. And then for smaller brands, they also probably don't have a lot of marketing dollars or a budget. So I don't know. It comes down to how important is that brand to you? Because we do work with some brands that basically have no budget, but we Mm -hmm. believe in them. We love them. We've developed a really good relationship with them. And I just know and trust because I believe in them that in five years from now, they are probably going to be a national brand. And then that's when Mm -hmm. they're going to have the budget to pay us. And we've developed a strong relationship and I know it will be a team long-term. So you got to kind of look at that too. But if it's just like a one-off store and they don't really have any (laughs) need to expand or anything, it's like you're basically just doing it for nonprofit, which is good too. (laughs) Yeah, because maybe you want to support a local business or, you know, that's that's okay too. Which is important too. So, yeah. So what number are we up to? Question number five. Um, A brand turned me down for a project. When, if at all, should I reach back out to them? Oh, that's good. I like that one. Um, So, brand turns you down. I would say reach out to them. Well, it depends how many projects you have going on at once. But anytime a brand turns us down, I like get excited because I feel like it's a challenge. (laughs) Challenge. (laughs) I, I try to reach out to them monthly. (laughs) so I try to do it at least monthly because well what I've realized what I realized even for like print publications so anytime I want one of our projects published I send it to them you know they don't like it or don't respond or say no and I've sent, you know, then I send another one, same thing. I send another one that's even uglier than the first two, and then they pick it up. So, and I'm like, what? You know, my mind's blown because I'm like, how did you ever, like, why would you choose this over that? And what I've learned is it really just comes down to, well, for pitches, it comes down to budget. So sometimes their budget might not have been there. And then other times it comes down to the people that are behind whatever email it is. Um, like psychology comes down to the mood that whatever person yeah. is behind I mean, that. Th- that is true. <laughs> Depending on who you catch in that inbox that day, um, you might get the a quick, sure. oh my gosh, yes, let's do it. Or you get nothing, crickets. So I can see that, yeah. Yes. Like what I heard in a... Uh, one of the workshops I went to once that has actually changed my way of vetting brands and or pitching brands and doing like things for showcasing our projects is like um, just being tenacious. That's what his whole speech was on. And it like shifted my entire mindset because he's like, just be tenacious. Like who gives a crap? If someone says no, 
or whatever, you know, he's like, everyone had, maybe they had the wrong cup of coffee that day or yada, yada. <laughs> I'm like, that is true. You that is so true. So mm-hmm. Well, and yeah, I'm like, you could probably, sometimes some of the brands who denied our kitchen, I'm like, it'd be interesting to see if I went back to them, pitch it again, now that it's been mm-hmm. in publications to see if they'd like take it. <laughs> I've actually been intrigued to do that. <laughs> uh-huh. But I, I think you should let me know how that goes. If you like, it's all about the time, right? But I would say, yeah, like be hopeful, don't give up. And absolutely, like if you have a good project or not even a good project, just every project that you do. So every project we do, I always try to at least pitch it to five guest posts and 10 publications is my goal at the end of every mm-hmm. project. And then... And I have a, so I made a list. If you guys don't have one, I just make a list of, I have an Excel doc. I have like a hundred, um, either people who I want to reach out to for guest posts. And I have another tab where it's, um, the, to be featured in. So at the end of every project, I basically just like hop on there. It's like, no one has time for that. So I just do like 10, send it. Yeah. And then every project as you're pitching brands is a little different. So then you can know like pitch to this, this, this. But if you just kind of have it in one area, mm-hmm. you'll know exactly where to go to. You don't have to, because a lot of time it's like figuring out, oh, who's the contact or what's the website or what's, how many pictures do they need? Yada, yada. But yeah, to answer that question, I'm like, just keep doing it. I love it. And actually um, this kind of question number six kind of ties into that. How do I introduce myself to a brand to start working with them? Um, how do you introduce yourself to a brand? I will kind of, so if you're emailing a brand, I would start with three different pitch email templates that you can find on our website. But the first email, I always say in the first sentence, you need to know like your elevator speech, if you will, Mm -hmm. but say in one sentence, like who you are, why you're valuable to them, and then end it with like what you're pitching. Mm -hmm. So get to the point. For me, I always think, yeah, I always think imagery is key too. So if you can send a picture, whether that's like, for us, I always send a family photo because that kind of like, we are a family lifestyle brand and that draws at the heartstrings of brands, yeah. <laughs> I think. I mean, you're probably the cutest, you're so I can see that. <laughs> Thank you. But some people also like, I don't want to show my kids, which I totally get, or they don't show themselves, which again, totally get, but your work is just as good. So show your work and yeah. just say, this is the style I go with. But I would say never have it more than two sentences. And if you can sum up who you are in one photo, that's it. Leave it at that. Love it. Okay. So number seven, what can I do to, Oh, this is similar to number one. Um, What can I do to establish myself as an influencer? I I think it's similar. Nowadays influencers. No, that's really good. So, no, this is a good question. (laughs) This is one, even where I've had people. So when we started our blog or our business or whatever, our brand, Mm -hmm. we started as a blog. 
Then we moved into construction and now we're like halfway, but we've had a ton of people think that we're like new to the construction or design, which we are, but they're like, you, um, oh, you need to try to do this more to be like a contractor or designer, if you will. Mm-hmm. And it's that like kind of hard spot where it's like, but we don't just want to do that because I'm like, we're more focused on our influencer side than on that side. <laughs> However, that as of late, like that pays the bill. So it's like understandable, but I've just found myself even on Instagram, like how do we make that divide of client work versus like family lifestyle with keeping the balance, I guess. So they're asking, what would you do if it's how to establish yourself as an influencer more? I would say incorporate family as much as you can Mm -hmm. and start incorporating like things that you do in life. Mm. So even on Instagram stories, this is what I try to do more of like, you know, our kids or what we're doing on the weekends or nights. And it's not just like what we're doing on the job site or what you're doing at work. So if you do want to be like an influencer, I think you have to know that your family will have to be exposed. And if you're not ready for that, then I don't think you'd be ready to be an influencer unless, I don't know. In my mind, I think people want to know you as a human being. Yeah. Yeah, you have to be vulnerable. You have to like let it all out there. You can't be really private, which I get a lot of people one of your most recent stories and it is your son naked dance party so all I'm gonna say (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) well and even so this is another thing it's like you also have to be ready and at that moment to have people say stuff to you and you can't like get mad about or not get mad but like let it derail you and your family Mm because People say some really mean things. <laughs> I'm sure. The internet makes everyone an expert on everything. For sure. But I also remind myself, like, this is the life we're choosing. And so I constantly have to remind myself, like, those people are sad and I should love them and give them grace. And yeah. then I just ignore it. Yeah, it. That's all you can do. Yep. I love that. Bless it and release it. That's it. I've never heard that one. I like it. We'll like it. All right. So we got two more. So yeah, two more. Um, And actually both of these you've answered in our one-on-one interview. So I mean, you answered them in way more detail, but it's like, I guess the short version (laughs) to answer them. Um, Is there any short version in our conversation? Yeah, there's no short versions of anything here, but we're going to (laughs) try. Do I need to pitch my full idea when I first reach out to a brand? Absolutely not. First email should be two sentences. That's it. Don't send pictures, nothing. Make it enticing. Make it so brands are intrigued and there's... And then at the end of every first email I send, I always say, are you in or out? And that's it. Because if you say, if you're interested, they're like, oh, maybe. But if you say there's some 
psychological thing I've learned about now. If you say if you're in or out, they always feel like, oh, I'm in. Because basically you're giving them two options and they'll immediately be like, I'm in, give me more details. And so at least that way they're kind of hooked and they're invested and they have so many people reaching out to them every day that they don't want to say no to something because they immediately see when someone writes something like that, that they're like confident about it's going to go somewhere super cool. It's kind of like a FOMO that kind of starts that that you build up. Yes, like that. Yeah, I was I was trying to think of absolutely. Like a, oh wait, no, I'm in because I don't want to be out. Yeah, <laughs> yes, that's actually I should start saying that. It, that is what it is because I'm like I'm the same way. If anyone's like yes or no, I'm like yes. yes I don't yes. even know what I said I'm yes to. Sure. <laughs> <Cut me out. laughs> but if people are like, let me know if you'd want to join, I'm like I don't know, maybe. Yeah, when you open, it's definitely, it leaves the rooms for, eh, maybe. But when you're like, no, listen, you're in or out. It's like, yes, where do I go? Sign me up. So, yeah, that FOMO is mm-hmm. real. And then the last question, yeah. when do you bring up money? Uh, bring up money after they're committed. So I usually go through three emails. First one is that two sentence, see if they're interested. Next one is like pitching the value to them. So tell them what you're going to provide, whether it's like video, photography, uh, any Facebook Live or Instagram Live. And then after that, they'll either tell you yes or no. And then the last one, they'll, or the one before that, the brand will usually say like, what do you want in return? And they're never going to throw out money right away. They're always going to just say that because they're cautious and they don't just want to say free product. Mm-hmm. And then the last one is where you send your media kit and you send them your rates and then you'll probably, after that, negotiate a few times and come up with the best things. But I'd also just know your bottom line and know where you need to walk away. For us, I'll share that it's $1,500. We won't do anything less for that mm-hmm. because we know that we always want to give professional photography. And if they require videography, our rates go up because videographers are expensive Um, but even just with how much time alone it takes for us, hiring a professional photographer, like anything less than 1500 is like not worth it. And you also want to remember like, what do you want to be a reflection of your brand? Because working with one brand, you can use all that photography and the content, everything to pitch other brands. And you can also say their name and who you worked with. And then those people All brands know everyone and how much money they have for marketing dollars. So once you get one brand under your belt, then they'll be like, oh, they worked with them. And so my one thing when we first started too was, I think our first brand I pitched was like $200. And then I hired a professional photographer and that was like $500. And I was like, oh, we're already backwards. (laughs) This escalated. But yeah, but I got to use that content to pitch other brands you know so it's not like I don't regret it but um that's also another valuable thing when you're working with brands I always hire a professional photographer just because I don't have the time or the 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 eye to do it Mm -hmm. and it leads to other things I love it I love it I love that you have a bottom line if you're for some reason listening to this one first Go listen to the previous interviews. They're way more.
more insightful, way more nuggets in there. Morgan, I I just for just for transparency's sake, we've been talking for two hours, guys. Like that's just how amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, if you lived here, can we like go to happy hour? <laughs> um, so, like, I, I've told you this, Minneapolis, we're gonna visit and you're gonna be our first. <laughs> As soon as that basement of yours. Well, I go to Washington regularly, so I will be calling you next time I go as well. We're like distance <laughs> apart, if I'm not mistaken. I know my husband's driven there, but he's also driven across the country. But I feel like we're driving this. Oh, gosh. Yeah, he drove from New York. I feel like that would be, well, be like 24 hours for sure. It, oh, that's, that's nothing for him. <laughs> but, <yes. laughs> that's nothing. <laughs> he's crazy pants. But, yes. This has been amazing. Where can our awesome listeners find you, stalk you, and just get more of you? Oh, I love you. And thank you for having me. Oh. I actually like adore you. Um, so our website is construction to the number two style.com. And then Instagram, same thing, construction to style. And I didn't mention that, but how we came up with our name is Jamie provided construction. I did the styling and there was two of us. You know what's funny? <laughs> I just assumed it was like, because you guys do a project from the construction to the styling. <laughs> I was like, oh, that makes perfect sense. To me. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, we were laughing not that long ago. Because I'm like, if we would have ever known, like, because I think when you're forming a business, you're like, oh, it's not really going to go anywhere. And like, if we would have known this would have actually been a business, like, would we have thought a little bit more about our branding? But whatever. Most businesses um, I know are like that start off small and they're like, where is this going to go? That's usually how the name piece goes. It's like, we just <laughs> this thing. And then you know, now, five years later, it's done. Uh, I know. It's well, so I funny. I think it's cute. But um, yeah, you can probably just go to our website and find all the other handles. But if everything's basically construction to style. Awesome. Morgan, thank you so, so much again. And I will include all the deets in the show notes for everyone to find. And I will talk to you guys next week. Thank you for listening to today's show. I don't want to just leave it here. So let's keep the conversation going over on Instagram at the design influence or on the Facebook page, The Design Influence. To dig in a little bit deeper into today's episode, you can head over to thedesigninfluence.com forward slash podcast for all of the show notes. But while you're listening, be sure to take a screenshot of the episode so that you can tag The Design Influence and let me know what your favorite takeaway was. What resonated with you? What made you go, oh snap, that's me. I needed this. I would love to know. And now go forth and create your influence and I will see you in the next episode. Bye.